Good morning to everyone. Welcome this morning in the house of the Lord. Uh, just let's just sit and just be quiet for a moment. Thank you, Father God, for this morning, and thank you so much that we can gather around your word and see what you have in store for us, Lord. Lord, please help us to receive this word this morning with an open heart. Please just come and minister to each one of us in our seat this morning. Lord, we love you so much, and I pray that you will just please come and take your seat in between us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to everyone this morning and we are just in time. We went to Baytown this morning and I couldn't rush the word. And we only left there 20 to 10, so that to rush you. And but I said to the we'll, we can't rush the word. We'll just carry on until it's finished. We are still busy with the with the series about kingdom honor, and today we are going to do the first part. Can I act no like rebellion? Today we're going to do the first part of rebellion, and then next week we'll conclude this message. So. Um, I said this morning, I'll, I'll see you in church this morning and then next week I'll check the register and I'll see the bus part, visit the philosophy of the So today we're going to uh, look at the first part of rebellion and if you get mad this morning, I say quatra, then you must know there's a problem somewhere here inside. There's a problem. And you must go and work on yourself. The core of all sin is rebellion. The kern van alle sorte is rebellion. You can go and look at that. It's a rebellion against God and it's a rebellion against His kingdom and then it's rebellion against the leaders that He appointed. How do we recognize rebellion? Rebellion is a disease that will affect your whole team. Rebellion actually in, in plain Afrikaans is Khatwab. That's what it is. Klaar, we, we, we'll talk straight this morning. It's Khatwab. Rebellion is a spirit. Rebellion in the spirit is like cancer in the flesh. So what actually happens, just like cancer, to people that before their time, rebellion does the same. It takes people out of the calling that God put on their lives. It takes them, it removes them from fulfilling their calling. That's what rebellion does. There are eight symptoms of rebellion and we are going to look at the first four this morning and then we'll deal with the last four next week. Um, if we know the symptoms, then we can recognize them and we can deal with them. But if we don't know what the symptoms of rebellion is, how can we work on it? It's easier to know what we are dealing with. Now, let's look at the definition of rebellion. Rebellion, it says in the dictionary, it is resistance to or defiance of any authority. So what it actually means is it's disobedience. The synonyms for rebellion is disobedience and insubordination. So that actually means that you don't accept any authority from somebody else. So when someone has a spirit of rebellion in their hearts, they don't honor the ministry leaders that God put in their lives. 
So rebellion is the opposite of honor. And we are busy with kingdom honor. So the opposite of honor is rebellion. So let's look at a few scriptures that shows us how dangerous rebellion actually is. We must know why God hates rebellion and why it's a serious thing for him. Romans 13 verse 2 in the New Living Translation it says, So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Second Peter 2 verse 10 in the New Living Translation says, He, God, is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. Oh my goodness. These people are proud and arrogant. If you despise authority, it is dishonor and it's rebellion. Think about this for a moment. People that are rebellious, what happens to them? They always struggle. I said in this this morning, that is a state that fights back of, of terrible years. It takes work. So what happens? It's a struggle. People that are rebellious struggle the whole time. Exodus 20 verse 12, we know that scripture. It says, honor your father and your mother. The Bible promises us that things will be good when you honor somebody else. But the opposite is also true. If you don't honor, if you dishonor, Life will not be so good for you. It's the same thing. So, rebellion has two judgments. What this actually means is one of these things can happen to you when you are rebellious. The first one is rebellion will replace you. It's fun. One of the strongest examples of rebellion that led to or, or Example of this honor that led to rebellion in the Bible was King Saul. Uh, Israel was in war with the Philistines, and the Philistines outnumbered Israel. They were much more than than the Israelites, and King Saul, his army started to panic because they are a lot more people than his army. And, but King Saul was actually instructed to wait. The instruction for him was to wait until the prophet Samuel arrived. And King Saul panicked and he decided to offer the burnt offering to God. But it's actually dangerous, you see, because this duty of bringing the burnt offering was the privilege of the prophet Samuel. It wasn't for the king. Thy dad was the Samuel. It's dangerous when you step out of your position and you want to go and stand in someone else's position. But Sukeda. King Saul moved out of his position and he think he was clever and he went into Samuel's position. And it wasn't his place to be. There's three words in Afrikaans that I can tell you. Can you black? Can you black? Because it's dangerous when you step out of your own position and you want to be lucky of the packing in somebody else's position. Stay in your own position. And we can see this with King Saul. He moved out of his position into Samuel's position. 
And the Bible says, just as Saul was finishing, Samuel arrived. And Samuel said to him, in 1 Samuel 13, verse 13 to 14, he said, How foolish, Samuel exclaimed, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept the Lord, had you kept it, the Lord would have established you, your kingdom, over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people. Because you have not kept the Lord's command. You see, Saul was replaced. He lost his kingdom because of rebellion. He dishonored Samuel and that led him to rebellion against God. He didn't listen. You know when you take a lot of a handful of grapes and you press it, the juice comes out. And that's the same with us. If we are under pressure, you will see what's been revealed. What will we see when we put pressure on you? Will it be honor or will it be dishonor? The second thing that can happen to you is rebellion will cost you the promised land. It will cost you the promise God has given you. You will lose that dream. Let's use Moses as an example. We all know the whole deliverance out of Egypt and we know about the plagues and we know about when they went through the Red Sea. We know all that. But what's interesting is there, there were about 1.5 to 3 million people that was delivered out of Egypt. And what's interesting is, when they departed from Egypt, their trip to the Promised Land was about 240 miles. And I went in to go check how much is about 240 miles. And it's about 386 kilometers. So, me already spoke about this yesterday and I said to him, it would have taken them 14 days, two weeks, 14 days to, to get to the promised land. But because of rebellion, it took them 40 years. Lack is stupid. Lack is stupid. And out of the 1.5 to 3 million people, from the original group that was delivered from Egypt. How many people reached the promised land? Two. All of the others died in the wilderness, fracturing in the wilderness because of what? Rebellion. The rest all died. They didn't enter the promised land because they were rebellious. That's what the Israelis, Israelites dishonored their leaders and it cost them dearly. No matter how hard Moses fought for them to keep their unity, there was always somebody that wanted to create the vision. God rescued them from Egypt, but rebellion corrupted them and it hardened their hearts. So the children of Israel missed the promised land. Make sure that you don't miss your promised land because you are rebellious. If we recognize the symptoms of rebellion, then we can see when it's coming and then we can deal with it and i said this morning i said
Before I come and speak to you, God says to speak to me. And I got the hiding with the first sentence. Act. God 
anybody, not even my children. I won't say, listen, you did that wrong in front of everyone. I'll take them and say, listen, I don't like the way you did that. Don't do that again. Don't point out the weaknesses of others in front of others. In the story of Miriam and Aaron, we see how God feels about a critical spirit, especially when it's towards his leadership. Let's read Numbers 12, verse 1 to 10. It says, While they were at Azeroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was a very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. So immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron and Miriam and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called. They stepped forward and the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly and not in words. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The Lord was very angry with him, and he departed. As the cloud moved from the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, the skin as white as snow from leprosy. Here we see Miriam and Adam that wanted to find fault with Moses. They wanted to point out that he married a Cushite woman. And, but why did they criticize him? Why did they do that? Why does anyone criticize or gossip about somebody else? You know why? It's because they want to tear them down and elevate themselves. That's why people do If you are somebody that wants to always criticize others, what you want to do? You want to break things down and elevate yourself. And that's not unusual. Let me give you examples of criticism. You can say that God doesn't only talk to my pastor, He talks to me too. Yahweh, He talks to everyone. We must just listen. Nobody said He didn't talk to you. I work with God closer than my pastor does. Who mentioned it? You don't know what He's doing in His room. Alone with God? You can't say that. The best one is when people walk out of Jeff and say, Oh, Pastor, it was such a lovely service. Nah. Then they come out and say, Pastor's sermon was okay, but that one point, I don't like that one point. I could have said it better. No, you can't. This is not your place. I said to you, in your black, this could be your place if you are obedient. But it's not. So keep your mouth shut. I say, I can say it better than the pastor. Keep your mouth shut then. These comments are usually said behind the pastor's back. Because I say, oh, pastor, did this was so prophetic now. Yeah, it is the baby. It's in our real world, I'd say. Huh? Yeah? Yeah. You see, if you are the one of the people who's, who says that, you must ask yourself, do you want to build people up, up or do you want to break them down? 
say you want to build him up, then you better shut him up. Don't criticize your leaders. God does not take criticizing the leaders lightly. He absolutely hates it when somebody wants to bring the vision in his family. And this is his family. If you are one of the people that wants to bring the vision in this family, God hates it. They hard it. Make sure that you are not one of the people. When you cross that line, go back to Joey Penn and make things right. The sooner you do it, the better for yourself. If you disagree with your pastor, don't gossip behind his or her back. Remember, if the pastor is wrong, if I'm wrong, it's not your job to talk negative about me. Because on top of me is Pastor Charles, and then it's Pastor Charles, and then it's Pastor Luffy, on top of all that, there's God. So God will sort me out. It's not your job to talk negatively about me. Don't talk negatively about others. We should hold each other accountable with what we say. We need to keep one another in line. And I give you permission this morning. Pam does this to me. Yeah? I say that. In our friendship, she will tell me if I do something wrong. Is it bound at the same? And we must keep each other, hold each other accountable for what we say. So this morning, in front of God and in front of all of you, I give you permission. That when you hear me talk negatively about somebody, I give you permission to say, Pastor, don't talk like that. You need to do it. And I will take that with a soft heart. But remember, if you say something and I tell you that, you must also take it with a soft heart. Don't get lost. We read in James 4 verse 11, it says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. Do not touch God's anointed people. God said in 1 Chronicles 16 verse 22, in a new King James version, it says, Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Don't touch those God as anointed in, in places of authority. Don't criticize your leaders. Support them. The third symptom is negative attitude. A negative attitude is the manifestation of dishonor. God told Moses, He told Moses to send uh, men out to go and explore the land of Canaan. And out of the twelve that He sent, ten of them came back negative. And these ten spread fear and doubt in the camp. And then the people in the camp started to protest against Moses and Adam. And Joshua and Caleb, they tried so hard, they pleaded with these people not to be rebellious. But the negativity already affected the whole group. The whole camp was negative. Does this still happen today? Yes, it does. When your pastor has a vision for the church and you disagree, don't spread negativity. If your pastor is pushing the gas pedal, don't you be the one that push on the brakes. 
we can use this example. Let's say all of us, all of us, as a congregation, are in one boat. Rather than jumping in the boat, take an oar and start rowing with us. But when you spread negativity, you are actually the, the one that pushes holes in the bottom of the boat. And you are going to make all of us sick. So I've got one thing to say for you today. If you don't like the boat, nobody said you must be here in this boat. You all have three choices. So if you don't want to be in this boat, rather just get out. Don't be the person that put the holes in the bottom so that all of us sink. We can compare it with a flat tire as well. Don't be the flat tire in your team. Flat tires get fixed or they get replaced. People are negative when they make things harder than it really is. They always have excuses. I said this morning, if we must work at church on a Saturday, then I, I'll yield, I, I will hear people say, No one must do the grass, must cut the grass. But then, they cut the grass for one hour and sit in front of the TV for 12 hours. We didn't say work at church for 12 hours. You can say, listen, I must cut the grass today, but you know what? I'm so passionate to work for the For the next hour, you can say, Pastor, for this hour, I'll look at church. I'm here from 12 to 1. A great man. What can I do? That's the attitude you must have. You can say this here, after an hour I must really go and cut my nose. Me? Me a good part of my lady or that would be a thing. That's being dishonest. If you feel that your leader drives the ministry in a wrong direction, you can go to him or her. Genius, you can just screw it off. If you feel that your leader drives the ministry into a wrong direction, you can go to him or her. You can share your concerns with us. You can say, Pastor, let me just, uh, can we have a meeting? I'm concerned about this division in our church. What can we do? Because you know what? Then we can do something about it. But don't come afterwards and come and lay your egg here. What do you want to do? Why did Leslie make this like square and not round? What did you do with the rock? Did you went to his house when he built it? No. You don't have an opinion. You can come and share your concerns with us. And you can have your opinion about it. And you, if you are part of leadership, it's fine. If you are just part of the congregation, you can come as well. <coughs> and we'll have coffee. And spot. Yes, sir. <laughs> but you see, God blesses honor and He blesses unity. Let God be God. He will not hold you responsible if the pastor makes a wrong decision. But he will hold you responsible if you are dishonorable. The fourth and the last symptom is desiring a new leader. I said to Pastor Charles, we had a long hour meeting about two weeks ago and I went there to Beethoven. And I said to him there, I said, you know what? You drive me crazy. Sometimes you drive me crazy. 
And he can look at this. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him that. He knows how to say that. And I said, sometimes you just drive me nuts. But you know what? I don't want another leader. And if you are mad at me, and if you scream at me, and it's fine. I just don't want, I'll take you. I don't want another leader. And I, I say that with, with really with a true artist. There's two reasons why people want a leader in church. The first one is they want a leader that will take them back to the world. We read in Numbers 14 verse 4 it says that this happened with the Israelites as well. It says, then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader. You see, the negativity impacted the whole group. And then, when it wasn't so nice, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Let this people, man. Now they want a new leader. They actually wanted a leader that will give them what they want. That's what, that's what actually happened. Here's some statements that you will hear when somebody has, a, has this symptom. They will say, I don't think we need to preach about sin. Let's not offend anyone. Rather, the other thing is, we don't need to talk about holiness. It's old-fashioned. You see, those people who have fallen into rebellion will want a pastor or a leader that will not talk about the lack of transformation. They want the pastor who condones and accepts their sins. The purpose of your pastor is not to make you feel good. Our role is to define and disciple you. And what we say here is not the Zentri comes out of the word of God. So if you've got a problem with it, you sort it out with him. <clears throat> Look what Paul said to Timothy, the young pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. It says, he said, preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. The second reason why people want a new leader is because they want a leader that will promote them. If you must go to the pastor and tell the pastor, Pastor, I need a promotion. Senior Futsal, active, I need you to promote me. If you must do that, it's not real. It's not true submission. Listen to me, stay faithful. Stay faithful in your ministry team. Let God develop you. And then let God promote you. That's what we are supposed to do. Not the pastor. The pastor must promote you, God must. When God put it in my heart to go into ministry, I knew it wouldn't be easy. I knew that. And I said the other day, I said, it's difficult enough to be a pastor. Try being a female pastor. Because you know why? Some men and women in church don't like me to correct them. Men and church don't like even to be corrected but by their own wife. But not for Anna but not for Anissa Okay? We did say safe. They kind of annoyed people. And I knew it wouldn't be easy to stand here. But the day when I sold in my application, I said, Lord, if you want me to do this, you make it happen. And you know what? He did. 
He gets. So I'm telling you today, I'm in this boat. Act is here today. I will preach the gospel of Jesus for as long as God wants me to. And I'm in this boat. And you can get rid of your rebellion, get into the boat with me and Pastor Charles, and take your oath and row with us. Or you can sit with your rebellion, keep your rebellion, and rather get out of the boat. But I won't allow you to put holes at the bottom of our house. Because this is God's house. Cross generation is God's place. And if you don't want to be in this boat, get out. But don't be the one that lets us all sing. Don't be the one. Because I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm not going to allow anyone to break down the house of God. This is God's house. Remember the verse in Proverbs 13 verse 18, it says, If you ignore, ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. When you hold on to rebellion, you actually hurt God. And if you want to hurt Him, it's your problem. But I don't want to hurt Him. Rebellion is only about me, myself and I. Stop it. Before it destroys you. You know what? Rebellion will not just destroy the boat, but it will destroy you as a person. So get rid of it. Next week we'll look at the last four symptoms. And I want you to go home and, and examine yourself this morning. If there's something, if there's some rebellion inside of you, go and sit at the feet of Jesus. Repent, tell God, listen, God, Father, I am guilty of this sin. And I think I've got a piece of this sin. But just help me. Please forgive me. And then you, you stop it. Repent, make things right with God, stop it. But then I want you to go and see. It's not just about me. Pastor Charles, it's about, everything is about God, but I want you to go and see, and sit, and see, and make a list about me, Pastor Charles, Zach, Chris Blue, everyone, Christine, everyone on the governing body, Gary, and just go and ask yourself, change this rebellion thing, and just go and ask yourself, what do I see that is good in our leaders? Because when you go and sit and make that list, you will see there's more good than bad. Because you know why? Why must we always see the bad in the other one and not the good? Who can Why do we do that? So go and check and see what good, how did these leaders impact your life? See the good in others. Let, let us just get rid of rebellion. So much of us. When we were at Christmas meal and Pastor Charles and Susan had to go back to go and preach in ghetto. And me and Renir and Ernest and Nita were sitting there um, under the trees and I said to them, I said, you know what, let's make a pact today that we will be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And I want to leave that with you today. Let's all be part of the solution. Don't be part of the problem because rebellion makes you part of the problem. Get rid of the rebellion so that we can be part of the solution and that we can build 
There's a kingdom of God together. Amen? Amen. Father God, thank you so much for this word. Lord, sometimes it's so hard to not complain. Yeah, but I get it my so hard, so moeilijk om niet te kan. Lord, it's sometimes so hard because we get frustrated and we get tired. And then we just want to know. So my prayer this morning is, Lord, please just come and fill our hearts and take all these roots of rebellion out of our hearts, Lord, and just burn it in time. Lord, I pray that you will please just keep us as a church, as a unit, that you will please just come and restore this unity in this church, Lord, so that we can just get rid of our rebellion and just do the work that you have in store for us. Lord, we don't want to miss the plans that you have in store for us. I don't want to miss it. And we don't want to miss the promised land. And I pray that you will just please help us and show us. And please just reveal to us, Lord, what must we change? What is there that you want us to change? Lord, because we don't want to miss the bus. We don't want to miss the boat. But I pray that you will just please come and minister to each of us in this day. And just show us what do we need to change. Lord, give, give us soft hearts so that we will just receive what you want to tell us. Lord, we love you and we give you all the honor and I thank you that we have this privilege to be in your house and see what you have in store for us. Lord, just be exalted and we praise you for who you are. We love you that you always love us so much that you gave Jesus to us. And I pray that you will just be exalted and be honored in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May you have a lovely Sunday. And go and get rid of that rebellion if there's anything.